Good evening. Happy Friday evening. This is Tomorrow Christian Today. Reading Leviticus 18 in the NLT. And boys, it all charged up. Let me pray, because I think I need to for this one. Dear Lord, this is really um, a very um, close, a very delicate subject. And it hits home to all of us. There's a lot of stuff going on in our society about sexuality. And this is from you, Lord, to the children of Israel. And this is also, this is also um, structure. This is constructs that you laid down for them as they came out of Egypt. And maybe they were like the Egyptians. They were loose and lawless and licentious. And our society is going back to that. So as believers, Lord, help us to consider your words. Help us to look at what is being read and to think about it with open minds, Lord, and to consider that you are the God of life and you know what works best for us. But we ask you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit to give everybody, every man, every woman, everyone who listens the chance to think for themselves. We pray in the name of Christ. Amen. Um, my uncle came at me the other day and it was a very negative, um, it was very negative and uh, <clears throat> I guess I, I, I felt a little charged up and I, you know, he, uh, in, a, in a conversation through WhatsApp and at the end I just said, you know, uh, for you to call God names like the boogeyman and and um, to believe in the, the God, the universe or whatever is your God, uh, that's fine, but um, you know, you're 76, I'm 58 years old and you don't have to like my experience you know he doesn't he thinks that i've been brainwashed and i saw that word and i felt angry and i don't know if i really talked to him i i the self-control you know when you're talking to somebody you realize that people are gonna when you're gonna stand for christ um as as the guy said in the video you, you gotta have a spine and you gotta have a pair because a spine is when you stand erect and when you do you're gonna cast a shadow and there are people who when your shadow touches them for some reason, um, they're going to be bothered by what you believe, and they're gonna and they're gonna come out at you. And I guess to have a pair, uh, he's speaking the, the the writer, the the person in the video was speaking metaphorically, is to know that there's going to be negative repercussions for your beliefs, and people are going to come out at you and make you get negative because the devil is really attacking you. The God of this world is attacking the God of heaven. And that may come from another person attacking your beliefs. And you really have to have self-control. And uh, I was thinking, maybe I shouldn't be doing this podcast. Maybe I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not, you know, 100% self-control. I, I kind of lose it sometimes. And then I was thinking, you know what? I'm here to read God's word. And I'm here to put it out there for anybody who cares and wants to hear, whether you're a believer or not. You know, what, what, if you're a believer, that's not my business. Or you're not a believer, it's not my business. Between you and God. Or you and your God, and if your God is yourself, that's your business. But but I do have a right to read God's word, I think, because this wonderful form of our of our country, democracy, still allows that. Time is coming when that may be taken away, but we still have that. And yes, I do have opinions, and some of my opinions may be wrong. It's up to each and every person. So I'm going to read this now, Leviticus 18, in the NLT. Forbidden sexual practices. The Lord said to Moses, give the following instructions to the people of Israel. I am the Lord your God. So do not act like the people in Egypt where you used to live or like the people of Canaan where I am taking you. You must not imitate their way of life. So I think 
to me, God is saying to Moses, this is where you've come out from. You know, the, the children of Israel, they are probably very much like the Egyptians. They were embedded in that society. We are Christians. We're like the children of Israel and we are embedded inside the society that we're in. It's, it's a lawless, godless society. It's, it's deteriorating. Anything goes. A man does what is right in his own eyes. I think that's the end of the judges. And that's exactly what our world is. And nobody cares for what God represents. And Jesus represents God to the fullest, even though he's a human being and he never sinned. And we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But we still have to stand for something. We still have to have a spine and we have to grow up here. And actually, the person who said that is the guy, uh, he's um, he's a psychiatrist, um, psych hacks on YouTube. You can go and hear what he's talking about, haters and what it takes to be a man. And I love his videos. He doesn't, I don't think he's a Christian. Uh, he's a psychiatrist. So you could say, oh, it's the wisdom of the world. Well, it's funny how even people who are not believers are somehow by their own power are reasoning um, that the ramifications of not following God's way is actually very much, he's actually figured out that somehow the ramifications of bad judgments result in, in bad choices, result in bad lifestyles. And I just love the way this man talks. But of course, he's not a believer. I'm sure if you just sit down and say, are you a believer in God or whatever, he probably wouldn't be the case or yeah, what God or maybe that sort of thing. But I do like what he says and he does seem to have a very fine logical mind and I don't. So when I appreciate a guy who seems so logical and so methodical in how he speaks and I don't know him, uh, but I saw his videos on YouTube and I guess one of his videos was what it takes to be a man and when you stand for something, the haters are going to come out at you. And Jesus did say, you know, you'd be hated by the world for my name's sake. And Jesus did say, uh, a prophet is not accepted in his own country because he actually quoted that scripture uh, to prove his point. So that's very interesting. Anyways, it says here, you must obey all my regulations and be careful to obey my decrees. Love fulfills the law. This is the law. We're not under the law, we're above the law. Jesus said, I fulfilled the law because I love God and I do everything he says. It says here, we obey my decrees for I am the Lord your God. If you obey my decrees and my regulations, you will find life through them. I am the Lord. Well, I guess if you just obey God, you'll have a good life. But do you love God? Do you love God? I think loving God is really hard, something we just don't really do very well. We'll follow the rules because we're scared of God, but do we love him? The old covenant was following the rules. And Jesus said, you're all clean and fair without, but within dead men's bones and all corruption. And he said, you don't even follow the rules. Honor your father and your mother. And you guys talk about something called Corbin. So if you, even when you try to follow the rules, but you don't love God, you never follow the rules anyways. That's the irony of all of that. That's my opinion. I don't tell you what to think. I ask you to think about what I tell you. You must never have... Um, sexual relations with a close relative, for I am the Lord. Do not um, violate your father by having relations with your mother. I'm going to just kind of cut out some words here. I can't even say the whole thing, but it's in the NLT. She is your mother. You must not do that. 
Do not have relations with any of your father's wives, for this would violate your father. Do not have relations with your sister or half-sister, whether she is your father's daughter or your mother's daughter, whether she was born into your household or someone else's. Now, I'm going to just say uh, something that I heard. Uh, so I heard a long time ago. So people always say about Adam and Eve and where did Adam get his wife? and Do they have a belly button? And do I believe in the Genesis story? Yes. Do I believe in the literal story? Yes, I do. There are some Christians that don't. Um, I do. So I respect them and I hope they respect me. So if they were the first two, then from, from them, everybody else came. Okay. Cain, Abel, and well, where's Cain's wife? So did they go to another tribe and get Cain's wife? Because um, I guess it seemed like Cain was older, right? And I honestly don't know anymore. But I assume that um, before, when I didn't think about it too deeply, that Cain's wife would have been his sister. And the reason I'm bringing this up now is that Moses says, you don't marry your sister, don't marry your, don't, don't, don't have any kind of relationships. Because these kind of relationships we're talking about here, sexual relations, life can come from that. But the problem is, if you, if you talk about Cain and his sister having, supposing that, supposing, and maybe this is abhorrent to some people, that in those days that even though they had sinned, their bodies were very perfect, their genes were very robust, the alleles were very perfect. Um, there are traits in the human body where you have two copies of the genes. So since they're perfect, and if Cain really did marry his full sister, like maybe he was 300 years old, and then, you know, his sister was 150 years old, and it was a whole different physics back then. I'm just really, really speculating wildly here. And they have a child, but the child is like, okay. The reason I say that is by the time you get to Moses, the, the genes, the genome, the human genome has become, has begun to decay with sin. And the reason I say this is the following, and maybe I mentioned this. So a long time ago when I went to school, there was this girl and she, she was mentally, um, she was mentally normal, but her body had a lot of birth defects. She was very short. She had to walk with two crutches. And it was like, I was told that she was older than me, but it's like, since I was so stupid, it was like, if you're older than me, you have to be taller than me. And she wasn't. And then this dude came to um, one of the Friday night meetings of my former denomination. And it turned out to be her dad. And his, and, and her, so this man, he's a very simple man. You know, somebody you see, he takes his hat off. He was talking to the crowd. Um, and I liked him. But I found out later that he was this girl's father. So this girl and me, myself went to the same public school, but she was like in three grades up higher than me. And obviously this guy lived around my school because I did see him eventually. And I realized that that's, I somehow found out, I don't know how, that was her dad. And at the meeting, he said he married his wife, his first cousin. He married his first cousin. So the thing is, what I suppose, not knowing the whole story, is that because they were married, their genes were very close. And when your genes are very close, you see, sometimes you can get a gene that's an inferior copy from your mother or your father, but then you get the same copy of that gene from your father or your mother. 
And because you have one good copy, it's like redundancy. You, you have one good copy so that the other copy was bad, but, the, but the, the genes express the proteins from the good copy, the one that doesn't have errors, so you don't have defects. So because this guy and his first cousin were so close, I suppose that um, she got some birth defects because both copies of the genes were so close together because the parents were so related that there were birth defects. She was mentally astute, very fine, a, a normal student. Um, you know, she could talk and, and everything, but she had defects. And I heard, and this is an urban myth, that they actually had two daughters and the, the older daughter, whom I never met, was so bitter with her parents for doing that, that she, she left them. I don't know if that's true. So why I'm trying to say that to you is that Moses is telling these people what God is telling them, and it sounds like rules, but it's actually for life. Because sin has infected the human genome, and now by the time we get to Moses, you cannot have relationships with your sister or very close relatives because you might have a child from that union and that child might have defects. God doesn't give you rules just for the sake of rules. He gives you rules for life, to promote and promulgate life. It's the best way for marriage and life to proceed. And if the life proceeds God's way, society will thrive. God says in his word, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its ways are death. And when people try to reinvent God's way of doing things in society and marriage and all of these things that people are saying today, uh, trying to be free and everybody should be free and do what they want. Yeah, I guess they get to exercise their free will, which God gave people. But when you exercise your free will and that goes against the choices that God said we should made, there's consequences, there's problems, and there's death and suffering. So why I'm saying this to you with this is that God is giving these people reasons because he's trying to promote life and give them a good life on planet Earth. It's not rules for the sake of rules. God made the universe, he made it perfect, we blew it. We created sin, disconnect, suffering, and sin. And God still gave us rules to try to mitigate and control that sin. That's why he's giving these rules. And, and they're rules of structure. You, you're not free to do anything you want. You're not free to step off an apartment building and expect to live. Gravity equals 9.8 meters per second squared. It will pull you down and you will hit the ground and die. Verse 9, do not have relations with your sister or half-sister, whether she's your father's daughter or your mother's daughter, whether she was born into your household or someone else's. Do not have relations with your granddaughter, whether she's your son's daughter or your daughter's daughter, for this would violate yourself. So when you sin, you also, you hurt other people, you hurt God, and you hurt yourself. God doesn't want that. And these people, if they were to violate these rules, they're hurting themselves morally and they're hurting themselves physically and they're hurting their own genome and they're causing undue suffering. If you're going to do life, then do it right. Do it God's way. Man's way sounds good, but it actually doesn't go anywhere. 
it leads it's a dead end it's a cul-de-sac that's my opinion and i'm entitled to it i don't tell you what to think i ask you to think about what i tell you verse 11 do not have relations with your stepsister the daughter of any of your father's wives for she is your sister do not have relations with your father's sister for she's your father's close relative do not have relations with your mother's sister for she's your mother's close relative the closer your relative the more the genome is close and so this could lead to a child and the child would have birth defects you may not even have a child with birth defects even if you do marry correctly and properly but god is trying to mitigate and control the probability lower the probability that this would happen do not violate your uncle, your father's brother, by having relations with his wife, for she is your aunt. Do not, and, and some of this is just downright, it's just moral, right? Just don't do this. Do not have relations with your daughter-in-law, for she's your son's wife, so you must not do this. Do not have relations with your brother's wife, for this would violate your brother. Do not have relations with both a woman and her daughter, and do not take her granddaughter, and have relations with her they are close relatives and this would be a wicked act god wants perfection and he wants cleanness and he wants happiness and these are rules to promote that happiness just don't do these things i guess that's the old covenant don't do these things jesus says in the new covenant love god do that and you will automatically not do the things that, that displeases God and hurts yourself. Love fulfills the law. Love is antithetical to sin. While your wife is living, do not marry her sister and have relations with her for they would be rivals. So did the guys in the Bible actually violate some of these things like later on? Um, you know, I, 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 Solomon wasn't supposed to have all these wives. Why did David have all these wives? These guys kind of went against what God said to Moses. God wants our life to be easy, full of rest. All these guys on uh, YouTube are talking about, you know, finding a wife and she'll bring peace and rest to your life. What? That's a good relationship. That's what God wants. That's what God wants for a man, peace and rest. That's what God wants for a wife, a woman, peace and rest. That's what God wants for our marriage, peace and rest. We have sin, there will always be troubles. I, I, I shouldn't be talking about marriage, but I'm, I'm sure that there's some of you out there that are married and you know that. And a man in the gym told me today, and he's not a believer, says, you find the right person in your life, your life is fantastic. This is what a 76-year-old man told me today. But you find someone who is against you and it's a competition, he says, your life is a living hell. And he's not even a believer. Because it just makes sense. While your wife is living, do not marry your sister and have relations with her, for they would be rivals. I mean, we saw that certainly with um, Jacob and Leah and um, Rachel, right? Oh boy, they were rivals. Whoo! Wow, that 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 story really proved this this Leviticus eighteen verses eighteen here eighteen eighteen, Leviticus eighteen eighteen. You marry somebody and they're your competitor. They're not your helpmate, they're your competitor. Oh, mama. You marry a woman and she's the man in the family and you're the, you're the, you're the beta. Oh, mama. Talk about unhappiness. 
Unhappy to think that's you. Hurts to be you. Do not have relations with a woman during her period of, of impurity. Do not defile yourself by having relations with your neighbor's wife. That, ca- that would cause a big storm in your neighborhood. Love thy neighbor? No, not like that. Do not permit any of your children to be offered as a sacrifice to Molech, for you must not bring shame on the name of your God. I am the Lord. Well, you know, uh, they were doing that, right? They were killing babies and children. Hmm. Society killing babies and, and little kids. Hmm. What was Pharaoh doing before Egypt blew up? Killing babies. Killing the babies of um, innocent Israelites. And then Egypt blew up. Hmm. Society that kills babies. I wonder what happens to them. Do not practice certain kinds of ways of sexuality with another. It is a detestable sin. I'll let you read it for yourself. I kind of twisted up the words a little bit there. I just don't need, I don't need trouble. A man must not defile himself by having um, connections with an animal. I can't even bring myself to say it. And a woman must not offer herself to an animal. This is perverse. Do not defy yourself in any of these ways, for I am, the people I am driving up before you have defiled themselves in all these ways. So all these people were doing this. So God is driving out other people. Does that mean, does that, is that a metaphor for, is he actually doing that? Is he, you know, there's one part of the Bible that says, I was going to send the bee and the hornet ahead, uh, ahead of you to destroy these people. And then they, it seems the Israelites destroyed them. And, you know, my uncle was like, oh, God murders people. Did God murder people? Did they murder themselves? When people defile themselves, you know what they do? They, they put death upon themselves. The birth rate plummets. Because they just don't want to do life and relationships the way God said. God is life. Life is telling you how to live your life. Life. We say no to God. We say no to life. And so disconnect occurs. Because the entire land has become defiled, I am punishing the people who live there. Well, you know, I guess my uncle would just say that God is a big punisher and he's a boogeyman in the sky. That's what my uncle told me. And you know, I've heard that from so many people before. They have no comprehensive view of the scriptures. They don't know what you've been through. And you know, I I just, I guess I kind of took that from him, you know, because I, I have encountered so many people who hate God, who hate Jesus, who shake their fist at God, who wonder why the world is in a mess and then kind of mock me a little bit and I never say a word. But when my uncle sent me this video and then I heard this video, how this man in the video is like, oh, reading the book, means the Bible, is really bad for man. Who is this dude in the video? Who is this, who is this cream cake who knows nothing about scripture, nothing about God or Christ or the Holy Spirit or life? And my uncle said, you've been brainwashed. It's like, I, that, that's when I quote lost it. I said, look, man, you're 76 and I defer to your age and it's about respect and the fact that you have to slander me and say that my experience is brainwashing because you don't understand it and you don't care that's disrespectful and he didn't bother me anymore I see no need to engage with people who have that kind of an attitude I see none I said to him if I can if you are going to say that about God and you're 76 years old 
there's nothing that I can do or say to persuade you and put a dent in that train wreck of opinion that you have. So I did get a little bit heated. I was memorizing the scripture and you know what it says? It says, a soft answer turns away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. Then it says that the tongue of the wise uses knowledge aright, but the mouth of fools pours out foolishness. Proverbs 15, one to two. I don't really know if I was that wise in that interchange, but what, what he said was not respectful. I have no problems in engaging with dialogue with people who don't believe in God and Jesus, right? I have no problems. I don't attack them. They attack me, but I, I have no problems with it. But I think when you, in your dialogue, whatever you believe, have to resort to name-calling, shaming, demeaning, calling someone a boogeyman, brainwashed, stupid, idiotic, those are shaming words. And the fact that you or somebody is using them means that they, you or they are immature. And you can't have an adult conversation with a child. And I think that God is the one who has to grow us up from our sin because we can't do it ourselves. That's my opinion. I'm entitled to it. All these detestable activities are practiced by the people of the land where I'm taking you, verse 27, and this is how the land has become defiled. So do not defile the land and give it a reason to vomit you out as it will vomit out the people who live there now. I think the land, I think the whole earth is vomiting us out. The whole world is in atonement now. Hurricanes, earthquakes, floods, weird viruses that kill people coming from animals. It's all in Revelation. The land, the earth is vomiting us up because we as human beings have sinned against ourselves, against God and against nature. And nature, whether it's, it, well, I say whether nature run by God or the devil's doing it or we're doing it with our pollution and our waste, you know what? It's vomiting us out. We violated the tenets of relationships. I guess I sound kind of judgmental and I sound like I'm whomping people over the head. I'm a sinner too. My, as my mother-in-law said, you point the finger at people, three fingers are pointing back at you. Whoever commits any of these detestable sins will be cut off from the community of Israel. So obey my instructions and do not defile yourselves by committing any of these detestable practices that were committed by the people who lived in the land before you. I am the Lord your God. This is what David Pawson was saying in his video he says so many times in Leviticus God says I am the Lord your God I am holiness follow me listen to me love me and trust me it's not just God barking orders at you because he's a boogeyman from the sky he loves us he's growing us up he's maturing us he's taking sin off us he's taking sin out of us he's living in us he's purifying us he's consecrating us he's sanctifying us that's what any good father would do to the children that he loves, both sons and daughters. That's what I want for my son and my daughter. And if they don't listen to me, it hurts me. But I have to respect their choices because God gave us free will. Even above his own will, he desires all men to be saved. But not all men will be because they don't care what their heavenly father thinks. 
I care. That's why I'm doing this. I care. I hope that the Holy Spirit can persuade you to care as well. God bless.